The following podcast is being pre-recorded for your audio pleasure. It is rated M for Mexican. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of The Mexi, The Mind, The Matters Episode specifically dedicated to the NBA Finals That have been bestowed upon us Now, the entire regular season was basically just You know, we could have fast-forwarded Because we all knew, Mexi knew you could go back and look at the records and look at the early episodes that Mexi recorded. Mexi knew it would boil down to the Cavs against the Golden State Warriors. Now, I do not know why everybody keeps saying LeBron and the Cavs are the underdogs. I mean, I don't expect them to win, but they're not like the shitty underdogs that have no chance of winning. I mean... As we saw last year, the Cavs could come back or Golden State could fuck shit up and choke again. But hey, I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, I don't think there, 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 I don't think there is no chance, just put it that way. Things would have to go a certain way for the Cavs to win. Now, this episode is being going to be dedicated to those finals. And the hype. And also, the notion of LeBron James right now is not better than Michael Jordan. And until he wins at least six rings, he will never be better than Michael Jordan. And I will explain and break down the most common arguments. But first... Let's start with the finals. At the time of this recording, game one has already happened. At Oracle Arena, Golden State spanked the shit out of the Cavs. Hmm. Surprise, surprise. Most people will think, oh my God, where's the GOAT? What happened to the GOAT? Well, I mean, they are playing in Oakland. Golden State is expected to go up 2-0. Cavs can hold home court 2-2. And it'll either be a best of six or a best of seven. You know? A best of, you know... It'll go come down to the last three games. It'll basically start from scratch after game four. If everybody holds home court. If everybody holds home court, Golden State technically should win 4-3. But then again... So yesterday's blowout win against the Cavs... Meaningless Other than to, But see It is meaningless From a basketball And from A league standpoint But To me It is meaningful Because People like LeBron supporters Or Cavs fans Other reason It makes it easy To Not root for LeBron 
And let me let me give a little bit of a backstory. Well, LeBron came into the league in 2002 when he was a senior. He already had a Sports Illustrated article deeming him the chosen one. He has a tattoo across the back that says the chosen one. That's kind of a bold statement considering he had yet to play an NBA game. But hey, whatever. First season. Actually, first couple seasons. I enjoyed watching LeBron. He was actually a good player that I enjoyed watching. And because I live in Ohio, he was on TV all the time. The issue started arising with all these Cavs fans that are delusional and kept calling him the king, kept calling him the chosen one, kept calling him God, kept calling him the next best thing since Michael Jordan. And he had yet to even make the finals. Now, people will say, well, LeBron's a nice guy. No, LeBron has a cocky side too. Why else would you have a tattoo that says the chosen one? And LeBron eventually went on to the finals in 2007 with a lackluster team, some may say, but we will analyze that to show what the team was made of and lost to the Spurs 4-0. That was the first glimpse that LeBron got at, hey, I need some help. My issue was he would never admit to the Cavs that he needed help. He thought he could actually legit take the team of players to the finals into an NBA title. So they, and then they being the Cavs organization, did not put around him the best core of players that he needed. Until he decided to leave and go to Miami. And everybody, all these ball-licking LeBron fans crucified him for going there. I, on the other hand, applauded him because to me it actually showed that he finally admitted that he needed help. And then in Miami, I started getting aggravated about LeBron for a different reason. You have admitted that you need help and you actually got a big three. Chris Bosh, D-Wade, LeBron. And a decent perennial staff or group of players. Better than, some say better than what you had in Cleveland. And you still lose to a underdog Mavericks team. Dirk Nowitzki and Jason Kidd should be thanking LeBron's terribleness because without that, they would not have an NBA title. When Rodman came to the Bulls, they won a title. And even then, you can't really call that a big three. At the time, Rodman was, you know, removed from the bad boys era. Pippen was coming into his own as an all-star. So, it took that first season for people to realize, oh, shit, this is a a big three. Rodman went on to, you know, 
become an all-star too. Best defense, one of the best defensive players out there. Both of them Hall of Famers, Pippen and Rodman. No doubt. But hey, this notion of you need time to gel, you got a whole regular season to gel. So come the playoffs, you should not be losing LeBron to a Mavericks team. But that's, you know, that's when the issue started. And then he eventually won his title and a few titles. But went to the finals four times with Miami, only won twice. That's an issue when you have a big three and four, to me at least. And people are still calling you to go. Then you come back to Cleveland because you realize those players you joined as a big three are getting older and you need younger versions of those players. Enter Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving, who, oh, well, Jordan had Pippen and Rodman. They were better. Yeah, but again, these players are young. You're acting as if Kyrie and Kevin Love over time will not be in the Hall of Fame. Kyrie already right now is maybe a top 10 player in the NBA. Kevin Love, meh, top 15, top 20, give or take. But I'm pretty sure both of them will make the Hall of Fame. But that's And that's my problem. Now we're back to the same issue as before. He came back with the Cavs. Oh, everybody, instead of you, people who crucified him, are now back to licking his nuts. And that's where I have an issue. He is not the GOAT or the greatest of all time. Until he does what the greatest of all time should do. And have... The most overall everything. And I will debunk most of these arguments here because it drives me nuts that the media keeps talking about how he should always win the MVP because he's the most valuable player on the Cavs. Again, last night's game, in game one, he had more turnovers than the entire freaking Golden State Warrior team. The Warriors had four turnovers the entire game. Least in history. LeBron had way more than that. Oh, but because he's also, he plays all the positions and he has the ball all the time, of course he's going to have more turnovers. Funny how that argument was thrown at me, yet these are people that also argue that Westbrook should not get MVP because he has the second highest turnovers, nor Harden because Harden has the number one highest turnovers. Hmm. But yet both of them get the ball the majority of the time for their teams. Hmm. Interesting. Which way is it? I'm not disputing. Okay, if you get the ball the most time, more, more, more often than not, you'll have the most turnovers. Makes sense. But then when your GOAT has more turnovers than the rest of the, the, the opposing team combined... That's an issue. And here's the thing. Yeah, if LeBron plays shitty, the team doesn't do well. But I'm pretty sure in the regular season, if LeBron were to disappear or just die tomorrow, the Cavs would still make the playoffs. Not as the one seed. Well, actually, even with LeBron, they're not the one seed. But as, as always, you know, I guess apparently seeding doesn't matter in the NBA. So we will debunk all the arguments. I will show, without a shadow of a doubt, that Michael Jordan is still the GOAT. And let's begin. 
So let's begin by analyzing each player and the NBA Finals they participated in. Who analyzed the opposing team? Who played the significant key players from not only Jordan's team, but also LeBron's team and their opponent's team in each scenario? Because a lot of this, a lot of the arguments are, well, LeBron took weak, weaker Cavs teams to the playoffs. Okay. All right. And we're acting as if Jordan always had help and played in the finals against nobodies. Let it. Let me begin before I before we start with analyzing. We're gonna start with Jordan, but before we go there. Let me just state, a lot of things contribute to why LeBron has better overall stats than Jordan, and why people think he's the GOAT. His physical appearance, so clearly he's bigger, stronger, okay, we'll give him that. He seems more versatile, yet, you know... Last night against Durant, uh, Durant basically showed him the candy and made made him fall like a little bitch on the ground. And that's Kevin Durant. Okay. LeBron is physically stronger, yes. He also plays in the East, which, as opposed to when Michael was in the East, the East was more dominant in the 80s than it was in the 90s or the 2000s or now. Also, LeBron, since he clearly wants to be the chosen one and wants to do everything, the Cavs, every time, run everything through him. So, it would make sense. And they really don't have a big center because nowadays the league has shifted. In the 90s and early 2000s, it was all about the dominant center. And all you had to do is feed the center the ball and you would win. So, obviously, I mean, Michael Jordan had centers that were taller than him. So, he didn't really need to rebound. He had point guards that would assist. People knew their roles back then. Nowadays, it's all about versatility. It's all about... Everything And the league is faster paced and it's all about scoring and everybody nowadays gets called for fouls. I know some people may argue, oh, Jordan got a lot of calls. Agreed. The great players get a lot of calls. But LeBron, LeBron is known for flopping and LeBron is known for getting BS calls. Yet we complain when other people like Westbrook or Curry or Durant get bullshit calls. Come on. But that's... That's, you know, most of the contributing factors to why LeBron has better stats and passed Michael this year in playoff points. He's played in more playoff games. Obviously, he keeps going to the playoffs in the East that is worse than the West. I would argue that if he was in the, on the West team, you know, earlier on, he probably would have not made the playoffs. Until he grew into his own. I also would argue that 
Um, Michael didn't play right out of high school. He went three years um, to college, won a college championship. So technically, he has four titles to LeBron's three because LeBron skipped college. So I would say that that would have to count because LeBron came straight out of high school, has played 13 seasons. Michael played 14, nine from 84 to 93, retired the first time, came back for another three-peat, retired again, and then played two more seasons with the Wizards, which basically didn't mean shit. So if you add those seven years that he missed, the three in college, two for the first retirement, and then two for the second retirement, that's seven more years of stats that Jordan could have had. He might have gone to the final sooner. We don't know. Because he would have been straight out of high school. And, hey, he, for all we know, he would have won the ninety, uh, you know, the ninety four, ninety five finals, and you know, maybe he would have if he would not retired, would have won a couple more with uh, the Bulls. So um, yeah. All these contributing factors lead to LeBron obviously having more stats. But that doesn't mean anything. He's more durable. Great. Do we consider Brett Favre the greatest quarterback of all time? No. He has most of the stats. But there's some key stats that he doesn't have. And that's why Tom Brady finally surpassed Joe Montana is the greatest quarterback of all time, in my opinion, at least, because he did what Montana could not and win a fifth Super Bowl. Mind you, he was five for, you know, he won five and lost two, so five for seven. But again, I'm more willing to, if LeBron ends up getting six, but lost, you know, three or four more finals, I'm willing to put him ahead of Jordan. Six for six, great. I mean, it's a percentage thing, but... If LeBron equals six rings or gets more, you know, I may consider it. Shit, if he wins this one, I may start considering by far. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't think we should be making the... I understand the media wants to, you know, has a job to do and wants people to talk about shit. And everybody has their opinion and Cavs fans are delusional. I get it. But... I don't want to have to discuss LeBron being the greatest of all time until he wins this time round. If he wins this time round, it's definitely in the conversation. Once he gets six, oh, I'm willing to put him in there. But until then, he's not better than Kobe. He's not better than Michael. Kobe has five rings. And if you break it down to eras, like I said, like I mentioned before, Technically, from 98 to 2008 or 2009, Kobe was the most dominant player in the NBA, not LeBron. LeBron's been the most dominant player 09 to now, arguably, even though I think Curry may have something to say about that. But hey, it is what it is. We've obviously made the argument that Curry could be considered one of the greatest point guards of all time at this point. In a league where shooting obviously matters. But hey, 
we're getting away from ourselves. Let's analyze team by team, player by player, each finals they made an appearance in. So let's begin with Michael Jordan. Okay, we'll go. We'll go from most recent finals backwards. So, for those who argue that he played nobodies back then, the league was more spread out. LeBron actually could be said to have been the contributing factor to this, creating the second big three. Because the first big three that happened was the Celtics when they got um, Ray Allen, Kevin Garnett, and Paul Pierce. Kobe had previously gotten Gasol, but it took Bynum to come into his own for that to even be considered a big three. The first big three that came together was the Celtics, Durant, uh, Garnett, Paul Pierce, and um, and Ray Allen. Then LeBron did it with Bosch and D. Wade. And now the Warriors have a big four with Curry, Durant, Draymond, and, and Clay Thompson. Now it's, you know, more like superpowers and everybody else kind of like just goes with the flow. Before, talent was more spread out. You had the Jazz with Malone and Stockton. You had Barkley and the Suns. You had Jordan with Pippen and the Bulls. Reggie Miller with the Pacers. Uh, O'Neal and Penny Hardaway with the Magic. You know, the, the Lakers early 90s had Magic and Worthy and were still contenders. You know, you had the Spurs with Duncan and Robinson in the 99 uh, season. You had the Supersonics with Kemp and Johnson and then you had the Trailblazers with um, Drexler. Drexler. Uh, you had, shit, the Knicks with Ewing and Starks. You had talent spread out. So there was a lot more decent teams and people played rougher back then. A foul over there in that era, yeah, you got your ass kicked. Picture getting tackled by Coach Clyde on the field at practice. That's what it was before as opposed to now probably getting tackled by me. Yeah. So in 1998, the Bulls played the Jazz. It was the second time in a row. Both teams finished 62 and 20. You know. Bulls ended up winning the series 4-2 to in six games. And the Jazz had obviously those two Hall of Famers, Stockton and Malone. Oh, but those apparently those are nobodies. There were five teams in the West that had better records that year than the second seed in the East. So at that point, as we can clearly see, the East was weaker. Yet the Bulls ended up beating the Jazz for the second year in a row. And I think we underestimate how good of a defender Jordan was. Because we watch, if you watch the last two minutes of that game six, Jordan had a steal and a shove 
and the game-winning shot to win that series. And who did who did who did Michael have as notable teammates aside Scottie Pippen? So okay, we got Rodman. Okay, so Pippen and Rodman became Hall of Famers. Ron Harper. Okay. He was never all-team in the NBA and was never an all-star. Interesting. I went back and checked. Never an all-star. Steve Kerr. Never an all-star and never all-team in the NBA. Now, from 1988 to 2003, he had the best three-point percentage you know Of all time But during the three titles With the Bulls He never led the league in three point shooting Interesting Aside from that Tony Kukoc Never an all star Never all team NBA And Bill Wellington Enough said Okay Wow Such notable teammates You know, to go up against two other Hall of Famers and Jazz's perennial players. But you know, Michael had so much help. The year before that, the 1997 Finals. So again, against the Jazz. Also finished 4 2. The Utah Jazz had a 64 18 record. Were the one seed in the West. Same two Hall of Famers, Stockton and Malone. Jordan, same teammates, Pippen, Rodman. Aside from that, you know, you got Kerr, Steve Kerr, as we mentioned. Ron Harper, again, never an All Star. Tony Kukoc, ooh. But you had, you know, you have to add Robert Parrish, hmm. Hall of Famer. You know, class 2003. All NBA team twice. You know, second team and third team. And nine time All Star. Okay. A little bit of perennial help. I will give you that. Now, <clears throat> the 1996 NBA Finals. Again, Bulls won 4 2. This time, they went up against the Seattle Supersonics. Finished the league 64 and 18. No slouches there. Gary Payton, Hall of Famer. Sean Kemp, three time All NBA te- second team, six time All Star. Eric Snow, who would be the NBA All Defensive Second Team player, you know, in 2003. But hey, this is useful because we will bring this up later. Notable teammates. Of Michael Jordan Pippen and Rodman obviously Steve Kerr Tony Kukoc same thing Ron Harper same thing Luke Longley Who was never an all-star never an all-NBA team Wellington again same deal And John Sally Wow Yeah Never an all-NBA team Never an all-star He had a lot of help I would say 
kind of looks like it's even there. Camp, Peyton, Johnson going up against a big three of Rodman, Pippen, and Jordan. I'd say, you know, he Jordan wasn't facing nobodies is basically what, I, what I'm seeing here in the first three P. Let's move on to his other three P. 1993 NBA Finals. Bulls against the Suns. Bulls were the second seed. Suns had a 62-20 record. Barkley, Hall of Famer. Danny Ainge, two-time NBA champ. And an All-Star. Kevin Johnson, three-time All-Star. Four-time All-NBA second team. Hmm. Sounds like a big three to me. Now, aside from Pippen, because, again, at this point, no Rodman. Horace Grant, one-time NBA All-Star. Wow. Four-time NBA defensive team. B.J. Armstrong, one-time an NBA, one-time All-Star. And that was the following year after Jordan retired. John Paxton, never an All-Star, never All-NBA team. Hmm. Wow, sounds like a lot of help there. Sounds like pretty even matchup going into the finals. 1992 NBA Finals. Chicago Bulls against the Trailblazers. Bulls win 4-2. Again, in six. Portland with a 57-25 and record. One Hall of Famer, Drexler. Danny Ainge, also on this team. Two-time champ. Jordan had Horace Grant, B.J. Armstrong, John Paxton, and Scottie Pippen. Yeah, sounds like a big two versus another big two. Interesting. But no, Jordan played nobodies. And in the 1991 NBA Finals, Bulls won 4-1 against the Lakers. Lakers were the three seed, but they were the second best record in the in the West. Lakers had two Hall of Famers, James Worthy and Magic Johnson. They also had A.C. Green, who was a three-time NBA champ and an all-star. Byron Scott, three-time champ. Vladi Divac, young, would become an all-star. Jordan had Scottie Pippen, Horace Grant, B.J. Armstrong, John Paxton. I rest my case for those who say that Michael Jordan played nobodies. So, now that we've looked at Michael Jordan's teammates, when Michael Jordan and Michael Jordan's opponents in the NBA Finals, it kind of seems like every time he went to the Finals, he won. Hmm, that's right, six for six. We'll get to the time scene and make the Finals here in a second. But let's move on to good old LeBron. Hmm? LeBron will actually do his backwards. We'll do 2007 and work our way up to now. 2007 finals. San Antonio versus the Cavs. Okay. Now, oh, before I continue, I almost forgot. 
it seemed that every time Jordan would go to the finals, he was either he either had the you know tied for the best record or the best record. Sometimes the West had the best record. But if you look at from a betting point of view, he was always technically considered the favorite. But I mean, based on wins and losses in regular season, that may not have necessarily been the case. But regardless, whether he was a one seed or two seed, he'd make the finals. If he played a team with a better record, he would win. Even if the East was weaker, weaker back then. Or if he didn't have as much help as LeBron from what we're about to see. So anyways, LeBron, 2007. So they lose 4-0 to the Spurs. The Spurs, third seed in the West. Now, obviously, we note that the West is clearly tougher than the East at this point in the NBA. Now, the those teams all had better records than the top team in the East. Obviously proving my point. Spurs had Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, Ginobili, Robert Ory, etc. LeBron's teammates. Now, this is where everybody keeps saying, oh, LeBron took a garbage team to the finals. Now, mind you, I will give you this. LeBron came back and single-handedly in overtime basically defeated the Pistons who had previously gone to the finals. I will give you that, okay? But to say that LeBron took nobodies to the finals is ridiculous. Because the same way I just proved who was All-Stars and who wasn't from the Bulls, I'm going to show you the resume of each teammate LeBron had. Shannon Brown, two-time NBA champ. Hmm, interesting. Larry Hughes, NBA All-Defensive First Team in 2005. Drew Gooden, nothing there. I'll give you that. Damon Jones, NBA champ with LeBron when he came back to the Cavs. And here he's younger. So, meh. Big Z, two-time All-Star. Oh, but yeah, but he's he sucks. And Eric Snow, an All-Star, as we previously pointed out, when he made the finals in the matchup versus the Bulls. Hmm. See? Yeah. I told you I'd bring this back. So... Scrubs? No. Better than what the Spurs had? No. Were they favorites? No. Rightfully so. They lost. Okay. All right. Now, I would say that roster was probably comparable to, you know, what Jordan had. Back in uh, in his first title reign, ninety one, I would say that was comparable. 
But obviously the Spurs team, you know, beat that lesser experienced Cavs team. Because Eric Snow had gone to the finals. LeBron was his first time. Basically, Eric Snow was the only one that had gone to the finals. With Shannon Brown. But Shannon Brown won titles later. So, at that point, technically, Eric Snow. So, LeBron would not go to the finals until 2011 with Miami. They would lose 4-2 to Dallas. Dallas was the third seed in the tougher West facing the second team in the East, Miami. So the big three weren't even good enough to be the top seed. But all right, or whatever. Dallas had Dirk Nowitzki, Jason Terry, Jason Kidd, Sean Marion, and Tyson Chandler. Jason Kidd, former All-Star. Dirk Nowitzki, former All-Star. Sean Marion, yeah. Okay player. Tyson Chandler, okay player. All of which would not have an NBA title if it weren't for LeBron. LeBron's teammates, oh, look at this upgrade. Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Haslam, who was already an NBA champ because he did it with Wade the first time around. Mike Bibby, all NBA rookie team in 99, part of the big, the Fab Five of the Sacramento Kings back in the early 2000s. Oh, yeah, we remember him. Mike Miller, sixth man of the year in 2006, and two time champ. Big Z, huh? So Big Z joined LeBron in Miami as you know, two-time All Star. Hey, and they still lost, and they were favorite over a Mavericks team that was making their second Finals appearance. Now, I don't even want to hear that that LeBron didn't have help. I don't want to hear that LeBron brings the best out of his players and didn't have you know, you know, perennial help. Are you kidding me? You have a big three and the rest of the team seems legit. I would take that lineup and probably consider it a better ensemble of players as opposed to what I listed for Jordan's second three-peat. Because aside from Raman and Pippen, which would basically be Bosch and Wade, uh, I would take this ensemble over the others. And they still lost when they were the favorite. Interesting. Now, one may argue, okay, well, these players were older. Um, they're so useful. And if they were that terrible, they would not be in the NBA. I mean, they're older, they're more experienced. That's all that means. That's like saying, oh, um, you know, I would not take a more seasoned vet who's gone to the finals because he's old. No, I mean, he brings experience to the team. He brings usefulness. Get the fuck out of here. 2012 NBA Finals. Miami against Oklahoma City Thunder. Miami wins 4-1. Both were the two seed. Even records. OKC had Harden, Westbrook, and Durant. 
Now, this is where people are like, oh, LeBron keeps beating better opponents. Again, if you're going to tell me that Mike Bibby was a, a scrub when he was with Miami, when he had more experience, you're expecting me to take your side when you say, oh, he played better players. Durant, Westbrook, and Harden won their first NBA Finals. They weren't near as great as they are now. If that team, if they played now in the Finals, probably a different story. But hey, you know what? We'll, we'll even, we'll, I'll even admit that, that, okay? They had a big three. They also had Derek Fisher, five-time champ, and Perkins, two-time champ. So OKC had, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll humor you and call it a big three. LeBron, after losing the year before, Wade, Bosch, Haslam, still there, Mike Miller, still there. Shane Battier came along, two-time All-NBA defensive team. Oh, my goodness. We brought on Battier because we needed somebody to help. Again, Shane Battier, not a scrub. 2013 NBA Finals. Miami against the Spurs. Miami won 4-3 in seven games. When Miami was the one seed in the East, 66-16 record. The East is weaker. Spurs had a 58 and 24 record. Spurs had Parker, Duncan, Ginobili, a young Kawhi Leonard, and Patty Mills. So again, same team with Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker, who beat LeBron the first time round, only now they're a little bit older. Hmm. So we're going to count them as great players that LeBron beat because they're older. Hmm. Eric Snow being a decent player that helped LeBron, that argument is also valid because he was older. So you can't, again, you can't have it both ways. I consider Eric Snow a decent player, an okay player to have on the team. And obviously, Duncan, Parker, and Ginobili, whether it was in 2013 or 2007, still great, good players. But obviously, older. LeBron. Ooh, who did LeBron have? Wade, Bosch, Haslam, as we said. Mike Miller still there. Battier, still there. Oh, but now they brought over Ray Allen just to make things better. And people are arguing, Cat fans are arguing, well, Ray Allen was older. But didn't we just say Parker, Ginobili, and Duncan were older? So if Ray Allen sucked, then shouldn't the others suck if they're playing six years later against the same LeBron? Hmm. Who is younger than the other three? And also, if you're counting 
Ray Allen as part of the big three in Boston that LeBron eventually beat to get to the finals, then technically this this makes him going from Boston to Miami makes Miami now a big four on top of all the other players that are useful that he has around him. Oh, but I'm not done with this list. Because, you know, Ray Allen, NBA champ with Celtics, 10-time NBA All-Star. You guys may have seen the meme of notable NBA players that played with LeBron and Jordan. Jordan had a combined of 11 All-Star appearances from his notable teammates. LeBron, 44. But LeBron had no help. You know, Big Z twice to the All-Star game. You know, no help whatsoever. Oh, but we're not done. Ray Allen also was All-NBA second team and third team. Once each. And arguably in the conversation for best three-point shooter of all time. And he also had Rashad Lewis. You might remember Rashad Lewis. He played with the Magic on the team where, you know, that went to the finals against the Lakers. And also the team, the Magic team that made LeBron storm off all pissed off because he lost and then still had the audacity to light a camera and go, oh, I don't need any help. I can take this team to the finals. Yeah. Oh, in case you were wondering, Rashad Lewis is a two-time NBA All-Star. Yeah. Essentially, a big four Miami plus good roster and you barely win 4-3 thanks to Ray Allen shooting a clutch three to give you a win. I would say you were Miami was the favorite, yet you still some barely snuck away with your second title, LeBron. But yeah, you're the GOAT. The next year, the Spurs were upset. The Spurs came right back. 2014 NBA Finals. Spurs against Miami. Let's see how that turned out. The Spurs, 62-20. and 20. One seed in the West against the second seed, 58-24 and 24, Miami Heat. Spurs, same five. Parker, Duncan, Ginobili, Kawhi Leonard, who's older, coming into his own, and Patty Mills. Notable players. LeBron, still's got Wade, Bosch, Haslam, still there. Batty is still there. Ray Allen, still there. Rashad Lewis, basically the exact same lineups, only a year older. And they lost four to fucking one. LeBron realizing, oh my God, my team's getting older and I may not win a title ever again if I stay with Miami. Oh, let me go to Cleveland with with younger versions and abandon my teammates. Miami still made the playoffs with Wade. Just FYI. And even so, LeBron tried to get Wade to come to my come to Cleveland. Now let's talk about the 2015 NBA Finals. Golden State Warriors win 4-2. Golden State 67-15, first seed in the West. The West obviously stronger than the East. Miami, second seed in the East. They're not even good enough for the first seed. Hmm. Oh, but they need time to jump. Get the fuck out of here with that nonsense argument. 53-29 record for the Cavs. Golden State, Curry, Draymond, Clay Thompson, Leandro Barbosa, sixth man of the year in 2007, Livingston, Iguodala, 
and Harrison Barnes. Now, one could say those are all future Hall of Famers. And I have no doubt. I mean, maybe not Livingston or Barnes, but I mean, or Barbosa, but at least the other four. But hey, it's not like LeBron didn't have any help. Kyrie, Love, J.R. Smith, NBA Sixth Man of the Year in 2013. Shumpert, James Jones, who was a two-time champ because he follows LeBron like a little bitch. Perkins, the same Perkins who was with OKC, finals experience, and won an NBA title with the Celtics. Sean Marion, NBA champ with the Dallas Mavericks. Mike Miller, sixth man of the year, at this point two-time champ. Hayward, NBA champ, and Tristan Thompson. So, hmm. LeBron had no help whatsoever. Now, yes, the two injuries happened. But they still lost, and they still had favorable talent. Even though some of them were new blood, and had a lot of veterans who had been to the NBA Finals. LeBron played his ass off and still made him win two of the six games. Should have won MVP, even though he was on the losing team. But that's only happened once, and they usually give it to the winning team. Yeah, it's the rule. Sorry. Not my not my fault, not my problem. But hey, I will give you that. There was two injuries. Maybe a slight asterisk on that one. But hey, you're the GOAT. Even without, let's say, let's take away Kyrie and Love. The rest of that team is better than the 2007 roster LeBron had. Well, yeah, what, what's the problem? The help is still there. I will still take that roster over, say, the 1991 Bulls roster. Hmm. Interesting. And last year's finals. Cavs winning 4-3 after being down 3-1. Golden State, 73-9 record, first seed in the West. Against the first seed in the East, 57-25 for the Cavs. Golden State, basically the same team. Curry, Draymond, Clay, Barbosa, Livingston, Iguodala, and Harrison Barnes. LeBron and his band of good players. Kyrie, J.R. Smith, Shumpert, James Jones, Mike Miller, Tristan Thompson. Oh, but Mo Williams got added to the mix. NBA All-Star, mind you. Richard Jefferson. Previous finals experience. And Channing Fry. And the asterisk here, which is why this finals is the rubber match. Because the first time you had the asterisk of the injuries. This time, you had the asterisk of the suspension because LeBron got hit in the, barely hit in the nuts. Oh, boo-hoo. And the Warriors choked. So, okay. So, each team had asterisks. Now it's a rubber match. Both teams full strength. Golden State went... 12 and 0 in the playoffs. Cavs went 12 and 1. Lost that lost at home to a Boston Celtics team without Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Mm. I'm pretty sure that would have never happened to Jordan. Jordan would have not lost in the in the playoffs if the other team lost their number one all-star. Take away Barkley. Yeah, no, that team's not beating Jordan. 
Take away Sean Kemp, that team's not beating Jordan. Take away Malone or Stockton, that team's not beating Jordan at all. But hey, that's just me. So, it seemed to LeBron, when favored, would win some and still lose some in the finals. And when not the favorite, again, would win some and lose some. Basically, I've debunked the argument that Michael Jordan played scrubs. That's not true. Michael Jordan had better help. Also not true. Again, you can argue that none of the players on LeBron's teams are Hall of Famers, except, you know, I don't even know who. Actually, you know what? None of them are technically Hall of Famers, if you want to put it that way. Future Hall of Famers, okay. But again, they're young, and it takes time for people to be added to the Hall of Fame. Pippen and Rodman weren't added to the Hall of Fame right away. When they played during their, you know, title reigns with the Bulls, they weren't Hall of Famers. They were all-stars on all NBA teams. And just like I've proven, LeBron has had all-stars more than Jordan and more perennial help and all-NBA team players than Michael Jordan did. But then, we also like to have the argument that, you know, Jordan got surpassed of all the point records that LeBron's doing, and he's a better percentage shooter. Okay, again, like I said, had Jordan played seven more years, yeah, LeBron would have a long ways to go. And back then, the style of play was different. Jordan did not need to do everything. Now, LeBron... And it's not like LeBron needs to do everything. LeBron wants to do everything. I know people who've met LeBron. Friends and people who work at my firm. Because, hey, firm's from Akron. He's from Akron. Yeah, he can be a little bit of a dick. So... And he's cocky. He's got the chosen one written on his back. He wants to do everything. But yet, I remember him time after time moaning and bitching and storming off the court the first time with the Cavs, yet saying, oh, yeah, no, I don't need help. And like I said, oh, he took scrubs to the playoffs every year. Mo Williams, all-star. Big Z, two-time all-star. Shaq. I mean, Shaq's older, but hey, it's not like he doesn't know how to play. Larry Hughes, all-defensive team. Hmm. Mike Miller, sixth man of the year. Oh, yeah, he took nobody but... Shannon Brown, two-time champ eventually. Oh, yeah, but he took nobody... He, he took nobody to the playoffs. The East was more dominant than the West. And just to even emphasize my point more... I looked up every year Jordan played before he went to the finals in the East because back then the East was better. They had the bad boys with the Pistons. They had Larry Bird and the Celtics. Yeah, they had decent teams in the East back then. So, let's see. And, well, mind you, there was no expansion teams, so the league was basically less divisions. But, hey, let's look at who MJ had and what records he had. 
very first season, 84-85 season, MJ had nobody, went 38-44, and made the playoffs at the seventh seed, lost to the first seed. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Lost in the first round. So they made it as the seventh seed and lost in the first round. Oh, but LeBron's never lost in the first round. He's in the fucking East that basically sucks because back then... You could make the playoffs with a losing record in the East because the East was tougher and everybody would beat everybody. Now, everybody is so terrible that in the East, you have teams like the Cavs, the Celtics, Toronto, who have decent records above 500. And then you have the everybody else is basically at 500 or below. So, yeah, no. LeBron's never left in the first round. Yeah, because he's had, as I've said, better help than MJ. Who the fuck did MJ have? He didn't even fucking have Pippen then. And you expect to take that team to the playoffs? Hell, Kobe took the nonsense team of Kwame Brown and Schmush Parker to the fucking playoffs as the eighth seed, and they were losing the first round. Put LeBron on MJ's first year team or Kobe's Kwame Brown team. LeBron does not make the playoffs in the first, and or if he does, loses in the first round too. So get the fuck out of here with that argument as well. But hey, let's look at the 85-86 season. MJ had rookie Oakley and Paxton went 30 and 52, lost in the first round of the playoffs. Wow. All-star. All-star help. 86-87 season. Still had Oakley and Paxton. Went 40-42. and 42, Lost in the first round to the Celtics. Yeah. Do I need a name who was on that Celtics team? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. 87. Let's see. 87-88 season. Again, Oakley and Paxton. This time, he got Pippen. Went 50-32. and 32. Look at the improvement there. Lost in the semifinals of the conference against the Pistons, who had a better squad. 88-89. Pippen, Horace Grant. Again, not really that good. Paxton and Oakley. Woo, hold the phone there. And Will Purdue... Went 47-35, lost in the conference finals of the against the Pistons. See the improvement there? See how he's improving? And all he's had is basically a young Pippen. Pippen take it takes time for people to come into their own. Pippen wasn't born a Hall of Famer. Just like Andrew Bynum, when he was terrible with the Lakers, eventually he became good. But it took a while to get there. LeBron. Is good enough to be there and in a week east take his team to the playoffs. Oh, but that, that's got to make him the go. He's not stronger and more physically dominant already. Yeah. 89 90 season. Paxton, Pippen, Grant, Cardwright, BJ Armstrong, Will Purdue. Again, adding good, adding people to the roster, but again, compared to what LeBron's had, 
none of those are all stars or all NBA team players. Except Pippen. And Horace Grant one time. Went 55 and 27, lost again in the conference finals to the Pistons. Now, if you're wondering who the Pistons had, oh yeah, Dennis Rodman, who you guys are calling Hall of Famer, Isaiah Thomas, Dumars, Lambeer, yeah, the bad boys. Basically, like a big four of let's kick your ass the rough way. And back then, it was a lot tougher. Again. Debunking your argument. So, let's let's stop with this nonsense from the media. Colin Cower on the herd. His friend Nick. Calling LeBron the greatest of all time already. I've read Kobe's book and heard stories... That, because Kobe would always, he's such a competitor. He would challenge everybody to a one-on-one. And Kobe, I mean, um, he basically has played people one-on-one. And that's another argument. Oh, LeBron would kill anybody one-on-one. And people are like, well, no, I would take Shaq. Nobody will defend Shaq. Yeah, but Shaq can't move. And you just have to do a jump shot and basically you beat Shaq. Kobe, of all the players he's beaten one-on-one, LeBron is one of them. And he said it in interviews. He said it in magazines, books, whatever you want to call it. He said it out there. In a one-on-one match, I've been LeBron. LeBron hasn't denied it. Hmm. And Kobe technically went off on Michael Jordan when Michael Jordan was still with the Bulls. Look it up on YouTube. LeBron can't say that. And I'm tired of everybody saying... Uh, give me something that Michael was better at without using the word six rings. One, that's two words. Two, um, he was a better clutch player. He was a better leader. He basically was a better defender. Um, better stealer of the ball, I guess. Um, I mean, if you want to joke around, better gambler, better team owner, um, better shit talker, um, better three throw shooter by far. Uh, let's see. Um, what else was he better at? Better at, um, not going down 3-1 in the series. Uh, better at winning games with less help. Um, better at playing and scoring points in a tougher NBA league. 
Hmm. Let's see. Better at defeating Hall of Famers in the finals. Uh, better at winning finals in less than seven games. Uh, better at winning when he's the favorite in the NBA Finals. Oh yeah, and like the better, better winning percentage in NBA Finals. They technically use the word six rings there. Yeah. But hey, if LeBron wins against this Golden State Warriors team, he would have technically beaten. Let's see. OKC with Harden, Durant, and Westbrook. He would have beaten the Spurs. Golden State, when they broke the record last year, even though they choked like idiots. That should have never happened, but all right. And it would have been, it would have been this year with Durant. Now, mind you, aside from that big four, I mean, David West, eh, I mean, they got some help. Matt Barnes, uh, that... Uh, Livingston and Guadalla, same same people. You know, I would still take the perennial help that the Cavs have with Darren Williams, um, J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson, um, the other Williams, Love, Kyrie. I mean, you know, one could argue. Oh, Kyle Culver. How can I forget? Yeah, we got to add more people. Because, you know, you need more people around you to counter the big four. But I understand why the Warriors are the favorites. I mean, you know. But again, you're ask, you're telling me, like, LeBron has scrubs playing for him. No, he's got Love, he's got Kyrie. And he's got decent help. Like, I would take the Cavs bench right now over the Warriors bench. Because Iguodala, Livingston, okay. I mean, Pachulia, ugh. McGee, oh lord. McAdoo, really? No, I would take Thompson. I would take both Williams. I would take Kyle Korver, J.R. Smith. Yeah. People who are proven themselves in the playoffs on the final and the finals. As opposed to... McGee, who's making a first appearance. The fuck is McAdoo? Yeah, and Pachulia. Lord. But hey, at the time of this recording, when it airs, we would have probably already been game two, game three. Uh, right now, like I said, Warriors already up 1 0. That's a lot of game to go. But again, as I just proved with all these stats that I had to research. Enough with the nonsense. LeBron is not the GOAT right now. The GOAT would have not lost by 20-some points to the Warriors. And actually, if you really want me to go there, I can pull up the game-by-game breakdown. I'm pretty sure that's another thing Jordan's better at than LeBron is not losing a game by 20 points in the NBA Finals. But I would have to do some finagling there to figure it out. But yeah, um... Let's end the podcast with uh, my prediction. I predict a well. Let's see. I what I predict will happen, and what I and what I want to see happen. As we saw with LeBron's breakdown, the last time a team 
thought they should have beaten LeBron was the Spurs against Miami when Miami won 4-3. And then they came back, were dominant, and beat them 4-1. The Warriors were embarrassed last year. Down 3-1, LeBron came back. They No team had done that. They were embarrassed. They went 73-9 and didn't win the title. LeBron... Le- Basically, Michael Jordan was laughing because he went 72-10 and 10 and won the title. I would take that any day of the week over going 73-9 by one game and then losing in seven. And all they've heard all year is, oh, you choked. Oh, you lost. Ha, 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 ha. From the media, from everybody. So this year, they didn't go all out. They still had the one record in the West and still had the overall home field advantage, the home court advantage. And they swept through each round of the playoffs. You can say whatever you want. Oh, well, they're cheaters. No. No. They swept the Spurs. They swept the Jazz. They swept the Trailblazers. Yeah. LeBron. Hey, they were trying to go toe-for-toe. But apparently they lose to an Isaiah Thomas-less Boston team at home. Yeah. If that happens against the Warriors, yeah. I predict Warriors in six. But what I want to see is a sweep. I think the Warriors are out for blood. And, man, they'd be the first team to sweep through the playoffs. Now, that's a record that would top the embarrassment of last year. But also, I would like to end by saying, look, I'm not a Warriors fan. I'm not a Cavs fan. I don't hate the Cavs. I don't hate the Warriors. I'm a Lakers fan. We all know that. The Lakers recently have been terrible. Okay. And everybody's giving me shit. Well, you shouldn't be rooting for the Warriors. No. I mean, it's not like I want to root for the Warriors. I enjoy watching the Warriors play. I actually, when they first started winning and they won their first title and they were going, you know, that year in the regular season I enjoy watching players that wow me and Curry making shot after shot from anywhere hitting all these threes wowed me and then the thing that I thought was very interesting and I thought was hilarious they were cocky about it yet over time and throughout history people hate cocky teams or great teams like the Patriots get hated all the time. The Lakers, the Celtics, people who are cocky get hated on. I get hated on all the time. Yet the media loved Baby Boy Curry and everybody, and he would like do these cocky grins every time he would shoot a three. I thought that was hilarious. I love the way they play. I have no issue with any of their players. And even though I'm a Lakers fan and they're in the same division in the West, in the Pacific Division, I don't hate them just the same way I don't hate the Clippers. I don't hate the Red Sox, even though I like the Yankees. I don't hate the Jets, even though I like the Giants. I don't... I mean... I hate the Cowboys more as a a Giants fan than I do the Warriors because to me it's like... Oh, your ugly sister got hot and now she's getting attention. 
for three to five years, whoop-de-doo, we have 15 NBA titles. They have one. Whoa. And people are trying to tell me, it's like, well, no, no, that's like you've been fucking your girlfriend and they just let somebody else fuck her. No, 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 no. It's like... Because you can't say, okay, the ti- the championship game, the title, is your girlfriend. No, no, no. It's like this. The NBA title is this chick you were banging or dating or seeing, whatever you want to call it, for X amount of years. You guys broke up. You're not seeing her anymore. AKA symbolizing your team's terrible now. And then some other team that lives down the road in your hood or some other guy that lives down the road in your hood starts banging her for X amount of years. I mean, been there, done that. Why would I hate why would I hate on that? If somebody dated one of my exes, why would I hate that? I hit I, I hit that for X amount of years. You came afterwards. And our head to head record is still better than the Warriors and the Clippers. So why would I hit on that? Yeah, the Lakers are terrible right now, but okay. Eventually we'll become great again. And again, another comparison. It would be like saying, like, when I was playing soccer and my teams, Flaming Nuts or La Machina, if we would beat the same team over and over again for X amount of years, and then once in the blue moon or, like, for a season or two, they start beating us, no. Even nowadays in the regular season, the Lakers can still beat the Warriors. So, no. I, I don't need to hate them. And even if I did, why, why would I be rooting for the Cavs? Because I'm in Ohio. No. Maybe if Cavs fans or Cleveland fans weren't delusional, even after they won, you would think winning one ring would make you less delusional. But no. Even after winning a ring, you're still delusional. And you still hype him up. LeBron can't even shoot free throws to save his life. And you you want to call him the GOAT. He's not even clutch. You want to call him the GOAT. Curry could go 0 for 50 the entire game. I would still trust him in a clutch moment with the last shot over LeBron, Durant, anybody else on that court in these finals. Like I said, I I want I think that the Warriors are gonna win it in four and in, in, uh in six, but what I would like to see is a sweep. So it's true. Everybody can shut up and stop talking about this goatness. No. Goat cheese. More like it. Well, that is all we have. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, as always, uh, check us out on SoundCloud, Super Max is the channel. Uh, Facebook, Alex Ferrari, aka the Mexican, at Super Asshole Max on Twitter. Snapchat, Super Max. Send me your messages, your thoughts, comments. We're starting to put the episodes on Twitter. I mean on Twitter, sorry. On uh, iTunes. And uh, they'll be up there and available for download. Anyways, I'll catch you guys next time. See ya.